Hello, I'm Rod Butler. Welcome to Let God Speak. Modern culture promotes personal qualities such as assertiveness, self-confidence and self-promotion. This is so you can get what you want now and not wait. Modern day heroes are not meek. Qualities such as humility and patience seem so well old-fashioned and weak. But are they? In this program, we're going to discuss how meekness is a strength, not a weakness for the Christian. We're going to look into the relationship between suffering and meekness and how meekness during suffering can be a powerful witness. On our panel today, we have Casey Bukurka and Alan Sonta. Welcome. Thank you. Before we start our discussion, let us bow for prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for the opportunity to discuss this important topic. We ask for the Holy Spirit to guide our discussion now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, on our program now, we're going to be discussing uh, meekness. But before we start discussing, we need to know what does meekness mean? So, Casey, what's the definition of meekness? Mm. Well, it's interesting when you look at the various definitions because different cultures have sort of different slants on it. And um, when you look at the Cambridge English Dictionary, it says it is the quality of being quiet, gentle and unwilling to argue or express your opinions. Then if we look at the American uh, Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it says the quality of enduring injury with patience and without resentment, deficient in spirit and courage, not violent and strong or strong. Um, but then it's interesting when you actually look in the, the Bible definitions, when you look at the Hebrew and the Greek. In the Hebrew, the word for meekness means basically humility, gentleness and condescension. And the Greek um, word for meekness means um, gentleness and mildness of disposition. So there's all these little different twists of it. Um, but essentially, it, it means humble, gentleness, mildness of disposition, but also the idea of enduring uh, suffering um, or ill treatment or something with sort of patience and um, just an unruffled spirit, basically. Yes, it's important we establish that framework for the discussion to follow. So thank mm -hmm. you for those definitions, Casey. I want to turn with you now to Galatians. We're going to read verses 22 and verse 23. And we're reading this because these, these verses are very well known and they define qualities. Verse 22, chapter 5 and verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Verse 23, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Now, Alan, question to you. These qualities are what develop in us when we have the Holy Spirit in us. And so in many cases, they're, they're defining the character of God. Does that mean that God is, is meek and mild? Let's have a look at a verse here in the Gospel of John, chapter 14 and verse 9. <clears throat> Jesus was talking to Philip, who had asked that he be able to see the Father. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long 
and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? If we want to see what God is like, we, de- we need to look at the qualities of Jesus. Because as the verse tells us, we see in human form, in Jesus, God's qualities. We see in Jesus qualities of love, gentleness, humility, compassion, as well as meekness. He taught us to love our enemies and to turn the other cheek. But he also fearlessly drove out the money changers from the temple. Meekness includes the idea that the meek person has confidence in God's power. So is happy to allow God to use them in whatever way is needed. They have nothing to prove about themselves. God is meek because he has all power and doesn't need to prove anything about himself. He hates sin, not sinners. Meekness is the opposite of pride because proud people have to prove that they're better than everyone else. It's important we discuss that because when people these days think about um, the Old Testament God, they think of a, a, you know, a warmongering uh, person mm. that kills all the sinners, whereas the New Testament God is, is Jesus who is meek and mild, who heals the sick and works miracles. Mm. But as you just read, it says quite clearly, Jesus says, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm. Well, the Bible shows us that some of those whom God calls to mission are put through very hard times. Mm. Casey, tell us about uh, one of those. Yeah, there's an account about a prophet in the book of Ezekiel. It's about Ezekiel, a prophet. And this happened during the time when the Jews were taken to captivity uh, into Babylon. And um, interestingly, when we read in Ezekiel chapter 24, and if I just look at verses 15 and 16, it says, Also, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, I take away from you the desire of your eyes with one stroke. Yet you shall neither mourn nor weep, nor shall your tears run down. And what was the desire of his eyes that this was talking about? Well, it was actually, as you read on in this chapter, it's his wife. His wife died later that day for whichever cause it doesn't say. But God here tells him he's not to mourn and weep. And you might think, why would you God say that to him? Well, when you read later in the chapter in verses 24 and 25, says, thus Ezekiel is assigned to you. According to all that he has done, you shall do. And when this comes, you shall know that I am the Lord your God. And, um, and then it continues along a similar line. And basically, Ezekiel was an object lesson. His life and his own personal suffering was an object lesson of what the Israelites were to suffer. And Ezekiel is having to be very meek in his endurance of this suffering, so much so that he's not even to grieve because God has his situation as part of the big picture of his people. Mm. It's interesting because God has a, has a mission for all of us. And uh, we also have to be meek mm. when we go through that mission, because it may involve suffering. Just mm. because we are Christians and are doing God's work doesn't mean we won't suffer some sort of hardship and suffering. Mm. Thank you for that, Casey. Um, Alan, Moses also um, was described as the meekest man on earth. Was Moses born that way? Let me just read a text. I want to t- turn with me to uh, Numbers. And we're looking at Numbers chapter 12 and verses 3. 
Now the man Moses was very meek above, the, above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. So as I said, was he born that way? Um, was that just lucky that he was the meekest man on the earth, Alan? Actually, <clears throat> most of us know the story of how Moses was found by Pharaoh's daughter and adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. But then he was raised by his mother, Jochebed, until he was about 12 years of age. During that time when the character is developed and when his relationship with God was established. And uh, from about the age of 12, he was taken into, into uh, the, the king's, Pharaoh's palace, and he was taught to be a leader in one of the most, well, the most advanced nation in the world at the time. I'd like to turn your attention to Hebrews chapter uh, 11 and verses 24 and 25, which gives us a picture of how Moses looked at things. I'm reading the verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. So Moses uh, identified with the Hebrews and uh, they were a nation of slaves. And uh, with what he knew about God, he believed that he was the one who was to be was to save Israel from Egypt. And uh, but his own attempts mm. proved to be disastrous, and he mm. had to flee away from into the land of Midian. And for almost forty years, he was a shepherd. And uh, when God did call him, he felt inadequate. Uh, the bravado and the self-confidence was gone because he had learned to totally place his confidence in God and thus he was humble and meek. So, no, his meekness was not inherited. His meekness was learned in the wilderness mm. in those 40 years. Mm. I guess being a shepherd looking after sheep for 40 years <laughs> would teach you some patience, that's for sure. Mm. In Exodus 32, we, we have the account of um, Israel's apostasy at Mount Sinai. Mm. And in this story, we have an example, Casey, of, of Moses' uh, meekness mm. and uh, humility. Can you talk us through that? Mm. Yeah, so when, when the Israelites apostatized um, with the golden calf, uh, it caused God to manifest quite a degree of anger. And... Um, at what their wrongdoing was. And it says in verse 10 of chapter 32 in Exodus, it says, Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them and I will make of you, that is Moses, a great nation. So this was what God was proposing when he was talking to Moses about what had happened. But it's very interesting when you look at Moses' response to this because in verse 32 of the same chapter, it says, Moses' response says, Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. So here, Moses is proposing that uh, instead of destroying all of these people, if God was going to do any sort of um, judgment, let it fall on Moses himself um, and let the people go free. And um, this shows something of the, the selfless um, compassion that Moses had for the people that he was 
you know, serving. And um, it very much reminds us of Jesus because Jesus was like that. You know, he pleaded for, with mercy mm. for sinners and um, he was prepared to offer his life. Um, and he did. Christ did offer his life for us. But Moses had that same spirit, even though he didn't do that. Um, and this is where you can see the meekness is like in the midst of this situation is coming out in, in the compassion and just that selfless desire to lay yourself aside um, for the good of the people you're with. Mm, thank you. Very good. Yeah, he had grace for his people. Because mm. I want to talk about grace. Mm. Now, grace is giving approval when we when we don't deserve it. Um, was this act of grace a one-off occasion from the stories of Moses, Alan? Well, grace, grace goes against our human nature. We, our, most of us think you should get what you deserve. But grace is not that. Grace is giving blessing well, that is not deserved. Mm. Uh, an example uh, from Numbers chapter 12 was uh, when Miriam and Aaron complained against Moses. Even though God had called Moses to lead, yet they said, well, we're just as good as him. Why, why doesn't God speak to us as well? And uh, the result of it was, of course, that Miriam was smitten with leprosy. Mm. And uh, when she saw what had happened, Aaron cried out to Moses, please you know, help her. And Moses demonstrated grace by praying for the sister that had been criticizing him. In other words, he demonstrated those qualities that God demonstrated mm. when he gives us grace. Yeah, yeah, good example. Thank you, Alan. Casey, can you think of any other examples? Mm. Yeah, there was another occasion where the, there was the rebellion of Korah and they were rebelling against the authority of Moses and Aaron in the priesthood. And um, as a result of these people's rebellion, God actually destroyed uh, Korah and them. But um, when he was about to destroy them, it's interesting in Numbers 16, verse 20 to 22, it says, um, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And then they, that is Moses and Aaron, fell on their faces and said, O oh God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin and you be angry with all the congregation? And so you can see here Moses again interceding on behalf of people who don't deserve anything um, in terms of favor for them. And um, even after the, the rebellious people were destroyed, the rest of the congregation who was still alive were then complaining about what had happened. And God had other things as judgments to this, punishments and plagues. Through it all, Moses is pleading mercy and grace for these people. And to deal with those situations with that attitude um, yeah, takes, takes mm. a lot of meekness. And we're talking about meekness and the strength of that kind of character. It takes a lot of strength of character to keep that composure in situations like this. Yeah, we've got to remember that Moses was leading millions of people, mm. uh, complaining, murmuring people. Mm. So his patience will be tested Te constantly. Definitely. Mm. And Moses revealed that he really was truly a, um, a representative of Christ. Let's turn now to, to, to look at the, um, the example of Jesus. I want to read to you Matthew 11 and verses 28 and 29. And Matthew 11, verse 28 and 29 says, Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, 
for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Uh, sorry, in verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Alan, what is Jesus talking about here when he says that uh, learn of me? What are we to learn? Well, a yoke is a device by which two animals uh, can share a load, like pulling a plough or a sled or whatever. And uh, Jesus is inviting us to share our load with him. Now, when you have a yoke, you've got to have each animal has got to be aware of what the other one is doing. This is the way a yoke works. Because if one just pulls away and the other one uh, doesn't, then the yoke gets out of, out of kilter and doesn't work well. So what Jesus is really saying is, I'm the one who is the strong one, but you work together with me. And as you work with me, so you will experience the, the peace and the meekness that comes from... from uh, us working together. So by, by saying to us, take my yoke upon you, he's really saying, let me do the main pulling. Let me set the direction. That's another thing with a yoke. Both have got to go in the same direction. Let me set the direction in your life and you will experience the peace that comes from, from knowing that God is in control and that your life is in his hands. And we all want that, uh, that peace, don't we? Mm. The world wants that peace today. And the way to get it is to follow Christ and be submissive to Christ. Mm. Casey, I've got a question for you. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. And I'm going to read uh, verses 43 and 44. Again, well-known verses. Mm. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 44. It says, You've heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbour and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use and persecute you. Mm. Okay, so the question I've got for you is, most people when we go through these two verses focus on verse 44, mm. love your enemies. But what is it, what, what's verse 43 telling us? <laughs> Well, verse 43 is basically saying what human nature tends to do. So where it says, um, it is said, you love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Human nature is to love those who love them and hate those who hate them or treat them unfairly or um, and with harm. And so this is saying, this is saying what naturally you're inclined to do. But with Christ, he wants us to take a different approach. And that is that even for people or others who are our enemies, Christ wants us to be able to show love to them as well. And that takes um, quite a lot of strength of character. You know, it takes meekness. It takes um, mm. selflessness to look at someone else who's treating you wrongfully and actually have compassion for them and forget about yourself. Mm. And um, yeah, the, the, the love that you show for those people, it's very much a love out of principle. Like you may not feel like it, but you can choose by the grace of God to show that kind of attitude to people like that. And this is something that truly builds deep strength of character. Mm, thank you. Very good. Just following on reading a few more verses from verse 45 down, Matthew 5 again, that ye may be the children of your father, which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain 
on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same. And if you salute your brethren, only what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Mm. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Alan, what is this saying about God's character? This is a most interesting verse. That verse uh, 48, Therefore be ye perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The context, the immediate context, is that God treats the just and the unjust the same. God has no favourites. God treats everybody with justice and mercy and so on, and grace. And uh, the, the uh, real meaning of that word perfect can be translated mature. Mm. Perf- perfection means that we treat people the way God treats people. In other words, no favourites. We treat everybody evenly and we demonstrate the love of God to all people, not just our friends. Mm. And so that's, that's true maturity and true meekness comes when we follow that characteristic of God's, God's life. Mm. Mm. Now, Alan, just staying with you, Alan, um, how important is it for us to live meekly when we are suffering from persecution? Let's read First Peter chapter two and verses twenty-one to twenty-three. First Peter chapter two, verses twenty-one to twenty-three. For this, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Mm. So this verse expresses Jesus' example to us. We must not retaliate when people do things to us, we can only do what Jesus did when we submit to Jesus himself and allow his Holy Spirit to guide and, and work in us. Mm, mm. Very powerful, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Casey, what is the secret to, uh, to enduring with meekness during persecution? What's the mm. secret? How do we do that? Yeah, well, firstly, persecution, we're assuming that the people who are being persecuted have a clear conscience. You know, they're, they're d- doing what, all the right in terms of faithful to God and then they're receiving this unfairly. Um, so in that situation, it's, it's a matter of really putting a trust in God, putting um, faith in the fact that God is sovereign and he is overruling everything and he's promised to work all things for our good. He has promised to do... Um, what's best for us and to love us even in suffering and be with us even in suffering. So we can rest assured that we are not alone. Um, And God may use that suffering for a greater purpose in our lives or for the sake of those around us, for the lives of someone else. So Mm. as we focus on these things, it can really help to um, strengthen our endurance because it's helping us to see a bigger picture. Mm. Yeah, indeed. Alan, do people notice when we uh, suffer with meekness? They certainly do. 
They certainly do. In fact, uh, uh, there's a verse here. Um, if I can just clarify that, but when we suffer from unjust treatment. Unjust just, treatment, yes. Not just yes. suffering from unjust treatment, yes. Mm. Yes. Um, in Matthew 27, verses 12 to 14, we read how uh, Jesus responded. Matthew 27 and verses 12 to 14. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him, not one word, mm. so that the governor marveled greatly. Mm. People expect a reaction if they're treated unjustly. Mm. And Pilate, the governor, was, he marveled greatly the fact that Jesus was meek and did not respond, didn't answer those false accusations. Mm. Yeah, it's a, that's a very good example, that. Um, Pilate was convinced, convicted that Jesus was innocent by what he saw. Mm. Casey, just going back to the Old Testament with, mm. with David, um, David was a person who had to deal with a lot of unjust treatment. How did he cope with mm. that? Yes, it was very interesting. He writes extensively about his experiences in the Psalms. And in Psalm chapter 62, um, we find him talking about how he handles um, you know, unjust treatment. And I just want to read only a few verses from there. Um, you could read verses one to eight, but I just want to look at verses um, five, five to eight, let's say. It says, my, he's talking about himself. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And so you can see David is speaking from experience here. Mm. This is how he handles unjust treatment. You know, he's pouring himself out to God. He's clinging to God as his strength, as his defense in these times. And he's looking forward to the future for when God will um, redeem his situation mm. and make things better. Yes, mm. very powerful indeed. Alan, in practical terms, how do we anchor ourselves to the rock? Well, the word of God is the rock, mm. figuratively as well as, as uh, in a practical way. And in Romans chapter 16, uh, sorry, uh, Romans chapter 10 and verses, verse 17, we read this. So then faith cometh by hearing mm -hmm. and hearing by the word of God. Through most of history, most people have not been able to read the word of God. And so they hear it. Mm. And, and that, is, that is the way in which many people uh, learn the truth of God's word by hearing it. Mm. And we okay. need to hear it or read it, whichever. Mm. Well, thank you, Alan. Thank you, Casey. That's mm. all we have time for today. Well, as we read the Gospels and see the character of Jesus, mm. we do see his love, compassion, humility and meekness. And meekness, which is defined as Enduring injury with patience and without resentment is a powerful witness. When we go through hard times, our meekness will be witness for our faith in God. And we invite you to accept Jesus' invitation and take his yoke and learn of him and find rest in your soul. Thank you for joining us on Let God Speak. Remember, all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website 
3abnaustralia.org.au. Email us if you wish on LGS at 3abnaustralia.org.au and join us again next time and God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.